Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. Whatever, but he said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. This is Tony on tap tonight. I am joined by that pod guy, Duke. You may know him from Bears on tap. He's also a huge White Sox fan. I've got him tonight to do the Sox on tap post game show. Duke, it is your debut. I'm going to turn it over to you in just a second. But before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, as our guy Buzz would say. And be sure you are checking out Grandstand for all of your Sox merchandise. Duke, I know you're a Sox fan and you love Grandstand as well. I think you've you you frequented there, haven't you, before, Duke? Grandstand? You like Grandstand. Yeah, I um I got a nineteen eighty three I got uh the nineteen eighty three uh throwback hat and I also have an authentic um Jose Abreu away jersey in there. And I know the away jerseys are really hard to find, man. I love me some grandstand. You love you some grandstand. So be sure you're going to check out Grandstand uh for all that Sox merchandise. Uh Duke Today was a tough one for the White Sox as they lose eleven to five to the Detroit Tigers. It was not the best showing for a 4th of July weekend Saturday, uh, but we're here to talk about it. And uh, Duke, before we get into this game, welcome to the show, man. It's your first appearance on Socks on Tap. I know you you frequent the uh, the Bears show over there. You guys do an excellent job covering the Chicago Bears. You, Lucas Perfetti, Brandon Suarez, you guys are awesome. Uh, so if you're a White Sox fan, you're a Bears fan, uh, be sure you check those guys out. But uh, Duke, welcome aboard, man. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. Um, anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I've been a diehard White Sox fan my whole life. Uh, I always, I always got to tell the story. My father grew up on the south side of Chicago in Bridgeport for years. So that's where my uh, Sox, my Sox fandom comes from. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to be on the show, man. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. I've, uh, I, I love your guys' stuff, and uh, I'm ready. Unfortunately, it starts on a loss. Yeah, unfortunately, it starts on a loss. I, I wish we were talking about a winner. Uh, Steve and I talked about a winner last night, and uh, you always like to beat Detroit because Detroit sucks. I know you're a big fan of, of that slogan as well. But, uh, Duke, man, uh, just not a great ball game for the White Sox today. Um, let's get into this thing. Uh, Dallas Keuchel starts for the White Sox, and they get off to a 2 nothing lead early on in the first inning. Um, you, you're thinking – Hey, this is this is just a continuation of what we've seen the White Sox be able to do against the Detroit Tigers in the AL Central overall. Two nothing start to this ball game. Tim Anderson uh, gets on board uh, to to start this one off. Abreu is able to uh, to get him in there. Good good start for the offense. Uh, what are your thoughts heading into this ball game here in the or in the top of the first? Well, um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was a little nervous about uh, Keiko coming up against Dallas or uh, coming up against uh, Detroit here, I should say. Um, 
you know, I think he's been on a little bit of an interesting run lately. Um, hasn't really been shut down stuff. Um, I think a team that that's opportunistic like Detroit, you know, I think they, I think we saw that when they played Houston and they played New York. Um, so that, this has really been a series that I was kind of worried about being a trap series. And uh, this game was kind of the uh, typical one with the ground ball pitcher like Dallas Keuchel, you know, them taking advantage of that. And while they didn't take advantage of that early, obviously it, uh, it struck a little bit later in the game. Yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, the White Sox, we're just going to kind of cruise through here. White Sox held that lead until the bottom of the fourth inning where Detroit was able to put up three. You saw an inside-the-park home run uh, from Detroit on a poorly played ball by Billy Hamilton. Not something that we're used to seeing uh, from Billy in the outfield. Uh, just a rough play. But the White Sox were able to come back in the top of the fifth inning uh, and put up a three spot. Crooked numbers are cool and tough, as we like to say on this show. Um, so you take that lead back. Uh, you you want to be able to hold on to that. But I, I think where this game kind of breaks, Duke, is that bottom of the fifth inning uh, where you see uh, Dallas Keuchel get into trouble, like you said. Um, you know, you were worried about it. I was kind of worried about it. And Dallas Keuchel's kind of been quietly the pitcher that I'm most worried about for this White Sox team. Uh, getting into trouble spots. I know he played escape artist not once, uh, but multiple times in this game, unable to escape uh, that inning there in the bottom of the fifth. And you have uh, Ryan Burr uh, coming in uh, right after that to relieve him, and he gets squeezed. Let's let's break down this inning a little bit here, Duke. What are, what are your thoughts uh, on how that all unfolded? Yeah, I think it was uh, kind of right out of the gate in the fourth that um, Dallas was obviously kind of giving them some meatballs up there to hit. Um, and that's 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 kind of been the uh, story with Dallas so far, like especially the past few games. Like I was saying earlier, he um, he will give an opportunistic team opportunities to hit. You know, I know that's kind of sounds redundant, but it's it's been very true out of Dallas this year. And um, I'm I'm kind of on board with you. I think going into the season, we thought Carlos Rodon or Dylan Cease would be the guys we would have to worry about. And here, Dallas Keuchel has just not been his consistent self, and it reared its ugly head here in the fourth inning. You know, um, Detroit batters were hitting the hitting their spots. They were getting through the infield. Um, they were hitting hitting the gaps in the outfield, and once teams start doing that and kind of figuring out what Dallas is going to bring to the plate, it uh it, it becomes a very short outing, and that's exactly what happened, and that's why we had to go to Ryan Burr in the fourth inning. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but you know Dallas just didn't have it today. Yeah, and Ryan Burr's been fucking excellent for this White Sox bullpen since he's come back. Um, and I like to go back to uh, the tweet that MLB sent earlier this year. Who's going to break out? Ryan Burr replies me on um, just cool and tough stuff out of Ryan Burr. But uh, he comes into this ball game and he starts to get squeezed a little bit. Um, one thing that I noticed during this inning, he, sh he should have been out of uh, before the White Sox wind up giving up the lead. Um, he gets squeezed on a ball that, that is clearly in – uh, the top right quadrant of the zone. Uh, Zach Collins kind of moves his glove a little bit outside, brings it back in a little bit late. Um, it just was not a good call. Shouldn't have shouldn't have been a ball at all. And I don't like to really get on umpires during this show, Duke. I, I know you you are a, a longtime listener of this. Uh, I, I don't like to blame losses on on umpires. 
just because, you know, eventually over the course of a season, things tend to play out. But this one was was very game-changing for the White Sox. He, he, he didn't lose one batter. He ends up losing two batters to uh, some, some very questionable calls um, behind the plate. And you see Ethan Katz get thrown out of this game. Uh, he wasn't really even barking at the umpire. Uh, he was just kind of saying, hey, that's not high. That's that's in the zone. Um, he gets tossed. Tony La Russa comes out and, and has some words uh, with home plate umpire. Uh, I forget who that was, uh, the umpire's name, uh, right off the top of my head. But Tony La Russa comes out of the dugout and uh, has some has an exchange with the home plate umpire, uh, winds up staying in the game there. There were some some takes on Twitter.com, Duke, that uh, Tony Russo was not defending his guys uh, during this one. And, and I disagree with that. I think you do as well. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Um, wh- what does Tony LaRusso getting thrown out of this ball game at that point in time wind up doing for this team? You know, and that's exactly the important point right there at the end that I wanted to make. Um, Exactly. We already have Ethan Katz getting thrown out of the game, and as egregious as that is, it it does not benefit at a, us at all to have Tony thrown out as well. And Tony, if you if you uh, read his mouth, you know when he's up there, he's giving him the business. You know he's saying that's he said that's bullshit at least seven times. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell he was definitely worked up, but he was also holding back a little bit because he knew that it would only hurt the team. You know that could have been a turning point in the game. It ended up being a turning point in the game. In all honesty, you know with how we saw kind of uh, the momentum swing over to Detroit side. But uh, yeah, you know, I think even Stone and Benetti up in the booth, they they were making points about how egregious those calls were. Um, they they were talking about how ridiculous it was that Ethan Katz got thrown out because Ethan Katz really isn't like a guy that's going to bark at you. This reminds me a lot of Lucas Giolito getting thrown out um, like last month in a game where he's sitting on the bench. And, you know, it, in a similar in a similar sense, you know, Tony came out there. He understood that that was bullshit in his own words. That was bullshit. But he knew that it was smarter to not get thrown out at that point in the game. Now, if that was a player that got thrown out in that situation with how egregious those two calls were, I think Tony LaRusse is easily getting thrown out of that game because he's letting loose because he has guys like Ethan Katz and Shelly Duncan to be able to cover for him. But he's leaving Shelly Duncan in a really tough spot if he gets thrown out of that game. Yeah, he absolutely is. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here for just a second. You know, Duke, you and I have chatted uh, plenty of times. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TLR guy. Uh, that's that's been pretty much made well known on this show. I know you are as well. Um, some of the, the the support behind him has come from from largely uh, a, a few Twitter accounts, and I'd say you and I are are both up there. Um, devil's advocate here. Tony Larusa comes out there just absolutely fuming uh, with the intention of getting himself thrown out of this ball game. You know, you can make an argument, I think, that uh, it maybe fires up the team a little bit, puts a little onus on Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, some of these other guys uh, to step up and, and be the leaders throughout the rest of this ball game. Uh, but you're right. Shelly Duncan then becomes your guy uh, to not only manage the rest of this ball game, uh, but to handle the pitching staff as well. That's a, that's a lot of load to put on a guy who, at this point in the season, hasn't had to, to really hold those – those duties throughout the rest of the game. And, and and let's be real. We're playing the Detroit Tigers in July. You've got a, you've got somewhat of a comfortable lead in the AL central. Uh, it's not, it's not insurmountable by any means, uh, but could that have 
sparked the team a little bit or sparked the offense to get this team to win this ball game today. I think that's a fair, fair argument. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, I, I could definitely see that. And, you know, I'd be lying if part of me didn't want to see Tony just lose it and get thrown yeah. out. Okay. You know so what I mean? We're, like we're right on. there together. We're right yeah, there together. Like, exactly. I, I, I feel like there's going to be a place in time where Tony LaRusso is going to absolutely go ham and maybe we're just waiting for it. Me as a fan, like I love that. I, I feel like you, you are probably somewhere right along with me in the fact that like, I love a good ejection. I love a good manager getting fired up. I love him uh, just absolutely doing something ridiculous, covering the home plate in dirt or taking a base and chucking it. Um, you know, just getting in the umpire's face. That's just fun baseball to watch, but I don't think it served the team a good purpose today for him to get tossed, especially when his pitching coach, uh, just got fired out of the ball game. Could it have been different if Tony LaRusso went out there before cats got ejected to, you know, give his peace of mind to, uh, to the umpiring crew. I think that's totally reasonable. Maybe he should have been the one that went out there and did that first and you leave cats in the game and he's there to make some calls throughout the rest of this. Maybe that's an argument you can make. Yeah. I mean, I I could definitely see that. Um, I also think you have to be smart and set a precedent with your young pitcher on the mound. Um, Ryan Burr. I don't know if anyone else caught the uh, camera angle of him walking off the mound when they did the, uh, the the illegal substance check they do between every inning. Ryan Burr was heated. He wanted yes. nothing to do with that home plate umpire, and he, you know what, he ate it. And I'm not so sure Ryan Burr eats it if Tony Larusa loses it and gets thrown out of the game. That 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 would be the point where you feel like Ryan Burr would walk up and kind of join in on the situation, and you don't want that. You don't have another guy in the bullpen warming up at that point. You know, you have Jace Fry who picked up a baseball. I believe in the top of or in the bottom of the next inning or the top of the next inning. Yeah, because we're away. Yeah, so that was that was not something we prepared for. We could not afford to have Ryan Burr get thrown out there and have a cold Jace Fry jump into this game. You know, obviously Jace ends up getting shelled a little bit later, but there's a lot that goes into that as well. So you know, overall, yeah, dude, I loved Ozzy game when he was in Chicago. I love manager injections. Do I want to see Tony Russo fucking kick a catcher's mask past Wilson Contreras's face? Absolutely. You know, eventually down the line. I don't need to see that today. There was no reason for it. No, I, I totally agree with you. I just want to play devil's advocate because I think it's good for the show. You and I could probably agree on everything. So I, I will take the uh, take the stick here and and walk with it um, and, and make you say words against it uh, just for the sake of, of, of playing devil's advocate here because there's two sides to everything, Duke. Um, and as we continue down this one, the uh, – that, that bottom of the fifth really killed the White Sox. And obviously, as we go through here, Jace Fry comes in in the sixth inning um, and looked fantastic. And, man, that breaking ball that he threw in, in the sixth inning to get that that first strikeout was just absolutely phenomenal. I thought, you know, hey, man, he is hashtag back, uh, so to speak. Jace Fry, another weapon out of the bullpen for this White Sox crew. Obviously, they stick with him into – the seventh inning and that didn't go quite as planned like the sixth inning looked uh jace fry only able to get one out in that seventh inning and then the damage starts to come here uh for for jace fry and the white Sox as the detroit tigers were able uh to put across three runs there in this in the uh bottom of the seventh the white Sox offense goes completely cold 
Uh, Detroit adds one in the eighth uh, to make it 11 to five. And you're not going to win ball games when the uh, opposition is putting up that many runs against you. Obviously, if we go look back at this one, Dallas Keuchel was the one that got them into trouble. Bullpen B squad was out today, Duke. And that's something that uh, I want to kind of go towards here. As I'm watching this game and Dallas Keuchel was getting into trouble, obviously Ryan Burr is your preferred option. Uh, and and Jace Fry has not seen any game action. But Michael Kopech is the guy that I wanted to see in that ball game if, if Ryan Burr got in trouble. Because I feel like you needed, at that point, two innings out of a strong reliever and you haven't seen Michael Kopech in a day or two here. So I, I thought that it was going to go Burr Kopech and try and bridge this somewhat to uh, to Liam Hendricks. Obviously, the offense didn't do what they needed to do to make that happen. So a bullpen B squad comes out, um, and, and Jace Fry may as well be part of that. You did see um, after, after Jace Fry, Matt Foster come in, and he's had just such a rough go this year. Uh, he ends up going one and two-thirds innings, uh, giving up one run that was earned. He did wind up striking out three. But the the real thing here is that if you look through this White Sox pitching staff, Dale Skykel gives up a home run, Jace Fry gives up a home run, and so does Matt Foster. Uh, as Steve said last night about the White Sox winner, ball go far, team go far, uh, the Detroit Tigers were able to hit some home runs today. And that was the real damage uh, that happened to the White Sox. Duke, uh, how do we prevent the long ball from the bullpen here? Whether it's A squad or B squad, uh, what are your thoughts? Because it, it just feels like when the White Sox are giving up home runs, uh, multiple home runs in a, in a ball game, they're not going to be able to win. So uh, that that's kind of my takeaway here is that you, you cannot afford to miss your spots as much as this White Sox bullpen has or Dallas Keuchel has so far this season. Well, yeah, and, you know, I think a big thing that would help is if Eric Haas never played a game against the White Sox again. Um, he has been the obvious White Sox killer all season. Um, yeah, man, uh, I think, you know, back to your point where we don't want to talk about umpires, you know, you know, causing, causing a loss, you're not going to win a lot of games where you walk eight batters, and that's what the White Sox totaled up today through the starters and the relievers. Um, the two Ryan Burr walks obviously were brutal. We've already kind of covered that. Um, Jace Fry, um, I wasn't in love with bringing him out for that second inning just because he was just called up. You know, I feel like, you know, the Jake Berger news is what was uh, kind of the big one, but Jace Fry really hasn't seen a ton of action on the major league level in a while. And that, that one inning probably should have just been, you know, a good uh, confidence booster. I wouldn't have mind seeing Kopech come out the next inning after that. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of the point you, you were talking about with the B squad kind of coming in, um, I think a lot of that has to do with Katz not being out there too, because I think Katz is the guy that is really good at getting in Tony's ear and kind of, you know, strategizing what they should do with things like that. And that's kind of hard to do when your guy is uh, sitting in the locker room after it. Um, but you know, it it was uh, you know, it was a rough go, you know. And once once Detroit started scoring runs, it kind of it felt like Larusa kind of hit a point where he didn't want to put out great arms that he's going to have to use tomorrow. Cause I feel like we are going to see the a squad coming out of the bullpen tomorrow. And um, as long as we can keep the game close, I think it's a no brainer and we'll probably definitely see uh, uh, Liam Hendricks tomorrow as well. I, I, I like that take Duke. I, I like that feeling because this white Sox team 
you know, you're coming off of a, a of a decent winning streak here. You know, obviously you have the sweep of, of Minnesota. You win the first one in Detroit. You're not going to win every ball game. And that's kind of where I go with this one is you're not going to win every ball game. This was this a winnable ball game for the White Sox. It absolutely was. But you were down Yasmani Grandal today. You you you're you're down everybody else that we've talked about um, on this show. Uh, over and over again, Eli Jimenez, Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal. Like you, you just keep going on naming, 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 naming players who are not in this lineup right now. And you basically have Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, and the Charlotte Knights uh, in your in your starting lineup, and and a few other uh, replacement players. It's been it's been really awesome to see the resiliency and the utilization of this team. And some of that goes to credit. Tony Larusa for keeping them uh, in this as as much as they have been, but you're not going to win every ball game. This was a stinker, Saturday stinker. Flush this one and let's move on. Uh, the White Sox are going to take on the Detroit Tigers again tomorrow, uh, and that's going to be at twelve ten Central Time uh, in Detroit. You're going to get Lucas Giolito in another day game, six and five, three point eight four ERA. He struck out one hundred and eleven. He faces Matt Manning, a one and two starter with an 8.16 ERA. Uh, he struck out six in his very limited time uh, on the mound for Detroit. Uh, not a single batter on the White Sox has faced Matt Manning. If this were a couple of years ago, I would probably say that might be a problem for the White Sox, but uh, I have no doubt in my mind that the White Sox uh, are going to be able to get to this right hander uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're looking up and down the the, uh, the Tigers lineup. They've seen Giolito a lot. Uh, they're very used to him. Miguel Cabrera uh, with a uh, team-leading 23 at-bats against Lucas Giolito uh, right above Jamer Candelario, who's faced him 22 times. Um, and actually, uh, Jonathan Scope has also faced uh, Giolito 23 times and is hitting 304. If we If we look at this game tomorrow and we want to flush this one down the drain Lucas Giolito has some work to do this this Detroit Tigers lineup has seen him before Duke and and some of these guys have done fairly well against him if you're looking at uh looking at Nomar Mazzara even hitting 400 against him with five five at bats uh and it has gone deep against Lucas Giolito earlier this season they they know Giolito's game it's going to be on the offense for me tomorrow. I don't know about you, but this offense needs to put up six, seven runs against Detroit. And that's very doable. That's my key to the game. The offense needs to be able to put up some runs. Um, I would say my key would be Lucas Giolito holding Detroit to about three runs. I think if he can do that, I think we're sitting very well. Um, to your point, kind of on the top of your uh, segment there, um, I think the White Sox lineup seeing a pitcher they've never seen before bodes very well for the White Sox lineup. I think we have good enough hitters who, uh, you know, 
this guy's not going to have necessarily the best scouting report because the best scouting report is pitching against these guys. And if he hasn't pitched against any of them, then he doesn't really know what to expect. Um, I could see a big day out of Tim tomorrow. Um, I think he's the one that really bodes well off of seeing new pitchers. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Sheets or Berger had a big day tomorrow because this is a guy, this is going to be a pitcher that doesn't know them either. And I think that's going to be their biggest benefit as long as they're going to be up on the major league roster. Um, obviously, you know, I think Jose had a really good game today. Um, I, I could see that carrying over tomorrow as well. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him build some confidence. You know, he's kind of been really hit or miss so far this year. And this kind of feels like around the time of the year where he really turns it on. Um, so I think that bodes really well. And kind of like we were saying in the last segment, I really think the A-team bullpen is going to be out tomorrow. So I I think scoring, you know, kind of like you said, five, six, seven runs, I think that's a key for victory right there. Um, but I think the biggest one would be before we see any of those other relievers, Lucas Giolito putting his meat on the table, kind of having a little bit of a comeback game, you know, because I was at the last Detroit Lucas Giolito game and it was pretty rough to watch. It was in those uh, South Side uniforms. Uh, me and Buzz were talking a ton of garbage to Robbie Grossman in right field. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think that is the biggest key. I think Lucas Giolito needs to show up. Lucas has his catcher. We, he doesn't have a choice at this point. He has his catcher, James, or uh, almost said James McCann, Zach Collins. Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping that that really sets the tone because if I think anyone we bring in after Giolito tomorrow is going to lock it down. I love it. Uh, so you, you hit on a few things here. Your guy that's going to get the job done, Tim Anderson, is that who you're taking for your pick to click? Yeah, yeah, I'll take I'll take that as my pick to click then. My very my very first official your very first tap recorded pick to click. Your very first official pick to click, Tim Anderson. Crack, crack him. There you go. What are you what are you drinking there? Is that a spotted cow in a can? I've never actually seen a spotted cow in a can until Yeah, uh so my girlfriend actually just went to Pennsylvania and before she left, she left this in my fridge as kind of a going away present yeah they sell them in 12 packs now i remember uh when they originally started doing it a couple years ago and nobody really knew how to feel about it not as good as a bottle and not as good as on tap but uh gets the job done never had it on tap i do have a few spotted cows left from your your venture down to uh to lockport illinois um spotted cows left in the fridge uh need to get you back down here for a White Sox game before this season ends, Duke. Uh, but you know what? I have to go with my guy, Gavin Sheets. I told this to Steve last night. Gavin Sheets is my pick to click until he is no longer on this White Sox roster. So I'm going to stay true to form. Gavin Sheets is my guy. He's looked absolutely impressive since he uh, joined this White Sox ball club. I love Gavin Sheets for some reason. Don't know why. Just my guy. I'm sticking with him, staying true to the brand. Uh, Gavin Sheets, he, he looks like a meat on the table guy, as you guys would say, over on Bears on Tap. Um, so I'm going to stick with them. What are your thoughts on Gavin Sheets so far this year, Duke? All right. So, two things that really stick out to me with Sheets um, number one has to be his plate approach. I think uh, the way he handles any really pitch count is very impressive, you know, kind of being young into his MLB career, obviously. Um, and I think he's done a good job with that. I mean, he even got a walk today, and it was it was an impressive know, walk. It was. It, was it really good, was. It was a good at bat. 
I mean, he took some pitches that were right around the corner. He's been doing very well with that. And that's that's a big start for a guy, you know, starting his MLB MLB tenure. You know, I think that's something that a lot of young, talented players really struggle with when they first start. And he seems to have that down very well. And number two, man, just look at the fucking guy. He's huge. Like, does it not look like he's holding a toothpick when he is sitting in the batter's box? Like, it looks like he could do whatever the hell he wants with that baseball bat. And it's been showing early on. It has been, and today wasn't his greatest showing. He left four on base, um, obviously was unable to get into the hit column or the RBI column to uh, break a White Sox record. But, I mean, just, dude, Gavin Sheets just looks so impressive so far early on in his career for the White Sox. I'm going to keep riding that. Um, picked him up on my fantasy team. You know, I need I need him for, for dual reasons at this point in time. Uh, but, uh, you know, Tony La Russa said yesterday, I like batting, uh, you know, my mo- one of the most dangerous hitters in the lineup. Second, if you go back and look, uh, I don't know if that's actually the truth because uh, we've had some interesting interesting selections for, for number two in the lineup. But Gavin Sheets looks dangerous when he's up at the plate. He is dangerous. You saw it last night uh, when he hit the three-run bomb. Um you know, one or two Gavin Sheets swings today. This could have been a completely different ball game. I'm sticking to riding with him. So picks the click for tomorrow. Duke has Tim Anderson. I'm sticking with my guy Gavin Sheets as I will continue to do so on this show. Uh, but uh, Duke, uh, before we close this thing down, I know we're closing in real close on a half hour here. Uh, thoughts on the White Sox because you're not on this show. You're not on the show very often. This is your first appearance. So I need a rest of the season outlook from, from that pod guy, Duke, so that next time you do get on here, we can reevaluate uh, where you're at. What, what does the rest of this season look like for you? I think, and I guess this is kind of, if I'm looking at it from a completely broad spectrum, because that's how I that's how I try to do it. I try to look down the road at all times. You know, I try not to get too lost in the moment. Um I think people are underestimating what Eloy Jimenez and Lewis Rob- Lewis Robert are going to bring when they come back. And I also think they are underestimating um what Tony Larusa can do with, you know, the guys that he has. I think Tony has done a great job of making chicken salad out of chicken shit. I said that to you on a, on a text message earlier. And um I think as long as we can be good enough, we don't have to be great in July. As long as we're good enough, we can handle business against Detroit. We can handle business against the Twins. Um, I'm not overly worried about Cleveland. Um, I think their pitching is going to hold them back completely. They did just get Fran Mel Reyes back today, which is going to be a big power bat. But I think if we can hold off on really making any franchise-changing moves until we can get Eloy and Robert back, I think we will be just fine, and I think they will get up to speed just in time for the playoffs. And um, I'm pretty sure I said this to Buzz a couple times when we've talked about the White Sox is all I care about is October. All we got to do is get there. After that, I'm not worried about a damn thing because these this starting rotation is where it's at, and if any of these guys fall off, we have a guy in Michael Kopech ready to take off. So I am not at all worried about where we're at right now. We just need to continue to win ball games. We need to, if we're even when we're not sweeping guys or sweeping teams, we need to split series. You know what I mean? Just continue winning, you know, continue having a winning percentage every single month. I want a winning percentage. I want us to be over 500 every single month. We will go a long way. 
I I love that take, Duke, and I completely agree with it. It's been excellent talking White Sox baseball with you. Again, the White Sox have a uh, series finale against the Detroit Tigers tomorrow. That's going to be 4th of July game uh, held at 12.10 Central Time against the Detroit Tigers. You got Lucas Giolito on the mound for the White Sox. Duke's riding with Tim Anderson. I'm riding with Gavin Sheets. Duke, it is a pleasure to talk about White Sox baseball with you. Despite the outcome, again, today was an 11-5 to final. Um, just a rough one on a Saturday on a holiday weekend. We're cracking them here, as we will continue to do so at ONTAP Sportsnet. Duke, it's awesome having you on to talk White Sox baseball. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, any, any, any other final thoughts that you have, man, before we close this down? Hey man, enjoy your Fourth uh, of July weekend. Um, try to be up before two o'clock tomorrow. Don't let the hangovers kill you too much, because tomorrow is the day where we actually got to celebrate this nation we live in. Uh, go White Sox, baby! I cannot freaking wait to get back on the South Side, and I cannot wait to get back in Lobby. Yes, absolutely. We got to get you out to one of those Lobby tailgates, and I know that you will. You will be up there in Milwaukee with us when Sox on Tap heads on up to uh, the Brewers White Sox series at the end of July. I will be there. Can't wait to have some beers with you there. But hopefully, we get to do that before that happens. Uh, but uh, other than that, man, like I said multiple times on this show, it's great to talk White Sox baseball with you, Duke. I'm going to close this out the way we always do with a good old White Sox forever. White Sox forever, baby. Crack them. <laughs>